Is there something in your heart between you and the Lord? Are you drifting apart, not as close anymore? There's nothing you can do that he will not forgive. Bring it to the cross and let it die so you can live. Nail it to the cross, get it under the blood. Drown your pain in every stain in the mercy flood. Nail it to the cross, find hope and forgiveness. Heal at the tree and walk away free. Nail it to the cross. Is there a burden you bear that's got you battered and bound? Struggling for strength, do you long to lay it down? Don't take another step, just kneel where you stand. Lay the cross and take the hammer in your hand and nail it to the cross get it under the blood drown your pain and every stain in the mercy flood nail it to the cross find hope and forgiveness kneel at the tree and walk away free nail it to the cross just nail it to the cross get it under the blood drown your pain and every stain in the mercy blood nail it to the cross find hope and forgiveness kneel at the tree and walk away free Nail it to the cross, nail it to the cross, find hope and forgiveness, heal at the tree and walk away free, nail it to the cross, nail it to the Praise God. If you got a Bible, open it up to Matthew 7, 7. Got my Bible? Shane came and stayed with me on Sunday night from Outdoor Christian Ministries, and uh, he wound up going down there to Houston, to the Houston Rodeo, and to pass out his tracts and his Bibles to the carnival workers, and we found out that they have a full-time chaplain that travels around with that carnival circus and have over 400 employees, and they go to church every Sunday morning, so... Praise God for that. Amen. I was excited about that. But what I told you that for is because he was at church Sunday morning. He was here with us Sunday night. But Sunday morning, he was at Parkview. And Brother Doug got the opportunity to preach Sunday morning. And he said, all right, guys, I want you all to start doing me a favor because pastor's gone this week. But when he comes back next week, when he says open up your Bibles, 
Down there at Brother Mark's church, he got them all yelling, got my Bible. He said, let me hear you say, got my Bible. And everybody in that church just started laughing and said, got my Bible. So we pray that Pastor Collier's just shocked next week with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse 7, keep on asking and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will open. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and the door is open to everyone who knocks. I love verse 9. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, don't give them a stone instead. Or if they ask for a fish, don't give them a snake. Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? You know, we ask for all kinds of things, every one of us. Lord, I'd like this, and Lord, I'd like that, and Lord, remove this, and Lord, bring me this, and Lord, 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 Lord. Boy, don't you thank God tonight that we serve a God that don't care if we ask Y'all didn't hear me tonight. I am thankful tonight that we serve a God who don't care that we ask. That Bible verse right there shows that he don't care that we ask. He says, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Thank God that we can go to him with our request. But sometimes he don't answer our prayers. Sometimes he don't answer what we ask for. Do you love him? Do you trust him anyway? Sometimes we don't always get what we want. How many got kids? Raise your hand. All right. Do we always give them everything they ask for? No, we don't always give them. We, 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 if they ask for something to eat, we give them something to eat. We don't give them a stone. If they ask for something, something, we give them sometimes what they need. But we don't always give them what they want because if we always give them what they want, they become spoiled brats just like a lot of us. Uh, you know who I'm talking to tonight. I ain't got to point no fingers at you. You know who you are. I thank God that we can, we can ask, though. I thank God that we can seek. I thank God that we can knock. And I thank God that he sometimes wrestles with us to get us ready to receive what we've been asking for. Hey, I didn't just arrive up here on stage and everything was honky-dory. I've had to wrestle my way to this spot. You're not going to get everything you want by just thinking it's just going to happen overnight and everything's going to be all right overnight. No, if you want to be sober, you got to wrestle to stay sober. If you want to be free from pornography, you got to wrestle to stay free from pornography. If you want to quit gossiping and lying, then you got to wrestle with that demon and say, you know what, I ain't going to do this anymore. God has a plan for me. God wrestles with you so that you will discover what you're made for. He already knows what he, he created us to be, and he knows what we were, we've already done, and, and we're his creations. He's waiting for you to discover who you are. I told somebody today, I know that brother. I know the one you're talking about. He's a great church member. He loves God. He loves the church. He loves the family, but he's got an identity crisis. He don't know who he is. A lot of times... God's got these assignments and these missions for us. He wants us to do these great things for him, 
but we got to get our find our identity in him so that we know who we are and where we stand in all times. Come on, somebody, in all times. I thank God when I get pushed, I don't deny. I thank God when we get pressed, we don't turn our backs on him. I love that video, and I, and I hate that video. I love that video, and I hate that video of all those people in, 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 that, are, that got led to get their heads chopped off by ISIS last week. Somebody said, why didn't they fight? Because they were lambs led to slaughter. They knew that that was their calling. That was their mission. That was what their life purpose was. You know, do you know what your life purpose is tonight? I pray that we stop that killing over there. And I pray we stop those guys that are killing our Christian people. I pray that the good United States of America stands with Israel tonight. But God, he will wrestle with you so that you will know his power and you'll also know your weaknesses. He'll wrestle with you so that you'll know his wisdom and how much wisdom you lack. He'll wrestle with you so that you'll know his strength and how frail you really are. I, I think sometimes God just wrestles with me so he knows I can depend on him. <laughs> you didn't hear me tonight. Why are y'all so quiet? Am I just preaching to me tonight? God sometimes wrestles with us so that we can understand how weak we really are. Why does God allow this trial to happen and that to happen and that over there to happen? Why? Because he wants us to recognize our dependence upon him. I need him tonight. I need him tonight. Who needs him tonight? I need him tonight. I need him tomorrow. I need him tomorrow night. I need God in my life. And he wants to be the head and center of all of our lives. God wrestles with you to make you realize that you're wasting, you're wasting your life on those drugs. You're wasting your life with that person. God, God sometimes wrestles with you in life so, so that you'll understand he's got something better for you. Amen? God wrestles with you to make you realize that you're wasting your life, that you're mistreating your wife. Sometimes God will wrestle with you and say, you know what, man, you're not treating her right. You're not treating him right. You ought to talk to her a little better. You ought to talk to her a little better at home, not out here at church. Come on, somebody. You ought to treat them kids a little better, not just the way you treat them at church, but the way you treat them at home. God sometimes wrestles with you and say, boy, your life ain't right. Girl, your life ain't right. I'm giving you another chance. I'm giving you grace. I'm going to wrestle with you. God wrestles with you. So that you can get the unclean things out of your lives. God wrestles with you to make you see that you need to keep this job when you feel like quitting. How many of you ever had the urge to quit a job when things didn't go your way? Raise your hand. Uh, I've had about every job there was to have at Waco. I'd get mad, I'd quit. I'd get mad, they'd call the police sometimes. I was just that crazy. One day I realized nobody's going to put any food on the table for me but me. One day I realized I have a wife and some kids that depend on me, so I just can't quit every time I get mad. I can't quit every time I get upset, every time I don't get my way. Sometimes God will wrestle with you to keep you from quitting the job that he gave you. And you say, well, why? Why? I know there's something better out there for me. Well, God looks at you. He looks you up and down. He says, well, you quit the last three jobs I gave you. Don't quit this one. Don't quit this one. When I got saved, I, uh, I was saved, radically saved, amen? 
Come on, somebody, I was radically saved. Anybody here radically saved? That they got saved and they knew they were saved. Anybody here radically saved tonight? They got saved and they know they're saved. And no way, shape, or form you're going to say that you ain't saved no matter what. You'll be that lamb led to slaughter. You won't say, you won't deny Christ. You love the Lord with all your heart. When I got saved, I got saved. Somebody say amen. amen. If you got saved and you got saved and you know you saved, say amen. You ought to say it every day. Amen, I'm saved. I, radically, oh, good night. He put that word on me. I'm too Baptist to be radical. When I got saved, I wanted the whole world to get saved. I still feel that way today. I still get excited about church. I still get excited about these car shows and these bull ridings. I still get excited when the kids and the, and the lambs are doing stuff. Why? Because I want to see one of those kids come to know Jesus. I want to see you come to know Jesus. So I got radically saved. Say radically saved. Touch three people and say get radically saved. <laughs> There's Baptist running for the door now. Lord, I'm out. I'm out. When I got saved, I wanted to get my friend saved. And my friend was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in God. He, he, and when I, tried to, when I tried to tell him, hey, God had a plan for his life, I loved that brother. Hear me say love. I loved that brother. When I, tried to, when I got saved, I was working for him. We were partners in a business. We were making great money, driving big, nice trucks, having cash and credit cards, everything you could think of. And when I got saved, we were drinking the week before. We were at the George Strait Roping the week before. We were shelling out $1,500, $1,800 to go to parties. We were buying the best meals. We were having the time of our life. Money wasn't an issue. It was salvation that was the issue. And I told him, and I looked him in his eyes said, God's got something bigger than money. Who believes that tonight? Oh, you didn't hear me tonight. God's got something bigger than money out there. So I tried to talk to him about Jesus, Spencer. I tried to talk to him and said, God loves you. And he had two little beautiful daughters. He had a beautiful wife who was a, t a teacher in school back then. And he said, God killed my mama. I'd never follow a God that would take my mama's life. And man, I was just a young Christian. I really didn't have enough scripture or any knowledge to, to just, but other than Jesus loved him. Sometimes that's all we need sometimes. Tell somebody, Jesus loves them. So I kept telling him that Jesus loved him. Every day I go to work, I tell him Jesus loved him. The more I told him that, the more he hated me. He hated me. He despised me. Next thing you know, he's making up lies on me. He's trying to destroy me. He's going around in the roping world telling people all kinds of ugly stuff, and I still love him. Ain't you glad God loved you when you were doing love, ugly stuff? <laughs> Look at all y'all righteous people. Ain't you glad that God loved you when you were out there doing ugly stuff? And so I, I'm still loving him, and I'm still trying, and I, and, and, but he just made it worse on me. Every day he just belittled me. Every day I found out he was talking about me. Every day he was making fun of my Lord and Savior. Finally, I'd had enough, and I went into my pastor, and I said, Pastor, if I don't quit this job, I am going to kill this man. I ain't playing. I'm big enough to do it. Ain't got good sense. I think God wants me to kill him. I 
I'm, I'm begging my pastor to help me, pray with me, talk to me, give me some advice. I want to see him come to know the Lord. I love him. I love his wife. I love his kids. But he's chastising me. He's lying about me. He's slandering me. He's doing all these things, and I can't stop it, and I got to quit. Can you give me a blessing to quit? And pastor said, I can't give you a blessing to quit. Only person to make you quit is God. Only person to bless you going and coming is God. Somebody say amen. I remember pastor telling me that, like the only person that can bless you coming and going is God. He said, but we can pray for that man. And I'll never forget pastor's prayers. I've preached this a hundred times in this church. Pastor began to pray. He said, every head bowed, every eye closed. And it was just me and him in there. He said, Lord, do something to him. Shake him up, Lord. I don't know what you got to do to him, Lord. If you got to take one of his kids, whatever it takes, Lord. If you got to get him in a divorce, Lord. If he has to hit rock bottom to find you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you do something to him. Lord, do something to him. Lord, do something to him. Lord, do something to him so that he may find his way to you. Well, I thought that was the worst thing I could have done. I mean, man, he just prayed against that cowboy. He just prayed that God would just take one of his kids, that God would just shake him up. God would just wake him up, cause him to get a divorce. I mean, he was praying all kinds of stuff. Then he was praying for me, too. He's like, Lord, don't let him touch Mark Grimes. Lord, keep him safe. Lord, keep him this, that, and the other. And, man, I, I left out of there and said, man, you don't want Pastor Carl. You're praying against you. I'm going to promise you right now, Jack. I mean, he was praying against it. How many people would rather one of their family members, one of their enemies, somebody that you love get woken up right now then die and go to hell well, what Pastor Carger was saying now that I'm mature now that I understand he was praying God do something to him before he kills himself and winds up going to hell do something to him before somebody kills him and sends him to hell I'm mature enough to understand that now I'd rather see all of you hit the bottom and get down on your knees and come up with Jesus. Then walk around all self-righteous and wind up going to hell. So I, I told you all that to tell you this. I, 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 I stayed there another week and it just got worse. And I stayed there another week and I was praying and I was seeking God. And I was praying and I was seeking God. And I was praying and seeking God. And one night, and this is the truth. I'm going to tell you this. The truth is God is my witness. Hey, I was in my house, Heather. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. I was dreading going to work the next morning. I knew he was going to talk about my church. I knew he was going to talk about my God. I knew he was going to make up lies on me. I just didn't want to go, Carl. And so I began to pray out loud. Watch this. Pay attention. I began to pray out loud. Do you know sometimes you don't need to pray out loud? <laughs> Got you, didn't I? Sometimes you don't want the devil to hear what your heart says. You want God to hear what your heart says. So I began to pray out loud, Lord, please do something, Lord. Please, Lord, give me another job. Please, Lord, remove this man. Lord, remove me, whatever you got. And when I said amen, I, I had the TV on, CMT. Anybody know what CMT is? Country music television. And this song came on, as God is my witness. Pay attention. You can go home and Google it. I've never found it since, but it was playing that night. Quit your job. Quit your job. This guy was singing a song, driving around in a 1972 good time van, and on the side of this good time van, there was, there was a big old billboard that said, quit your job, quit your job, quit your job. And I said, Lord, thank you, Jesus, this is a sign. 
It's 2 o'clock in the morning that I'm singing, quit your job, quit your job, quit your job, quit your job. Man, I said, God, thank you for answering my prayers. Oh, I can't wait for 7 o'clock to roll around. I'm going to go in there and say, I quit. God told me I could quit. God told me I could quit. Man, I was happy. I was excited. Next morning, I was on my way to quit. Next morning, I was on my way to quit, and I called my friend from church, and I said, you ain't going to believe this. He said, what? I said, I was praying to God, and I was praying and asking God to release me from this job, to, to, to give me a sign, to show me the way, Lord. He said, was you praying out loud, or were you just praying between you and God? I said, well, I was praying out loud. He said, I bet you it was the devil that put that video up on TV. I said, what you mean, man? I'm about to quit. <laughs> he said, you think God would let you quit your job before he gave you another one? He said, do you think God would let you quit your job before he gave you another one? And then you couldn't feed your kids. Then you couldn't make your payments. Then you get kicked out of your house. See, the devil heard you. And he threw that video up on there. He said, brother, I would check the spirits out. I'd keep praying. I wouldn't go in there and quit this morning. I said, man, I'm so mad. I wish I wouldn't have called you. <laughs> there was so much revelation, so much truth to what I found out that day. It wasn't God who put the video on TV. It was the enemy. Because when I went there that day, the guy caused me so much pain, so much heartache, so much headache, and I still stayed there and tried to love him. I still stayed there another month or so. And finally, God said, you can go. And when God released me, I went in and I quit that very day. I had another job making twice the amount of money that I was making being a partner in a company. God will supply, and if you trust him, if you believe in him and you have radical faith, he will supply your every need. And sometimes he'll wrestle with you. If I wouldn't have called my friend, I'd have been out there homeless. If I wouldn't have listened to wise counsel, I'd have been struggling. God wrestles with you to make you see that you need to keep this job and not quit like you did the last three jobs. Sometimes God wrestles with us to stay in church. Sometimes we feel like, well, this ain't my church anymore. Uh, it's too hard there. Uh, uh, the harder I try, the more people don't appreciate what I do. I, I try and try, it can never be good enough. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. Come on, somebody recognize that tonight. That's the enemy. God wrestles with you to make you, make you see that you need to stay involved in your church and not quit like you did the last two churches you left, the last three or four churches you walked out of when you didn't get your way. I can always tell the ones that are not getting their way. They're already gone before I can even talk to them. They're already gone before they even talk to God. They made their mind up that they're gone. They haven't even wrestled with this thing. They wrestled to get their way, but when they didn't get their way, they're already gone. Does any of this make any sense tonight? The enemy wants you to quit. The enemy wants you to throw in the towel. The enemy wants you to submit to him and not to God. 
But God is wrestling for you just like he wrestled for Jacob. He wrestled and Jacob wrestled back. You and I got to wrestle back. I like the life I got now, and I think it's worth fighting for. If you like being sober, brother, you said the other night you've been sober for a long time. If you like being sober, you got to wrestle to stay sober. God wrestles with you to keep that job, stay involved in that church, not go back and forth like you did the last three churches you left. God sometimes wrestles with us in our marriage. And, and we feel like getting a divorce. And we feel like quitting. We feel like blaming the other person. Sometimes we're in a wrestling match with our spouse and we haven't let God into this thing. I talked to a couple the other day and they said, Brother Mark, we were on the verge of divorce court when we walked into this church. Hey, uh, we leave him outside. He ain't got no business in here. He's trying to get in, but he can't get in. Come on, somebody. And, uh, hey, hey, and they said, Brother Mark, thank you. God, he said, we've just fought all the time. We just had, was at each other's throat all the time. And we walked into this church and we gave our marriage to God and God turned the whole thing around. You need to stay in this marriage and not wander off like you did the last time. God wrestles with you until you face the facts of your life. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. He gives it to you straight. He wrestles with you until you admit, yes, I'm unstable. How many have ever looked at their life and said, man, I'm unstable? The road I'm on is not the right track. This train I got on is that long black train, Josh Turner, turning around. I, I'm unstable. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to feed myself from one day to the next. I was so proud to hear that Brother Shea had one year sober, one year clean, one year drug-free the other day. He was in my office a couple of weeks ago. He was helping me out here at the church, and he said, Brother Mark, I went from trash can to dope house, trash can to dope house. Every day I woke up, all I thought about was where was I going to get dope or where I was going to get food. There was no stability in my life. Thank God that he woke up. Some people get wrestled with because they make excuses all the time. Excuses why you can't help. Excuses why you can't do this and why you can't do that. And why you can't read your Bible and why you can't go to Sunday school. God sometimes wrestles with you through your excuses too. Can I say this to you? God don't like excuses. And he'll hit you right on the nail. Sometimes people go to church and they say, Brother Mark, you was talking straight to me. No, I wasn't. God was. And when he's used to you making excuses after excuse, I can't help this week. I won't be here this time. I can't do this now. I can't give my money like I'm supposed to. God will wrestle with you through your excuses because God don't want us to make excuses. And we as human beings, we as human beings, we find a way to make an excuse if we don't want to do it. When you really don't want to do it, you find an excuse. When you really don't want to get the sin out of your life, you find an excuse. Well, I don't need to get married. We've been together for years. I don't need to get married. I like everything. Well, what does the Bible say? I don't care what the Bible says. I like what I'm doing. It's okay if I go to church and still drink a little bit. Yeah, well, what's the Bible say? It's okay if I, I cheat on my taxes. Yeah, but what does the Bible say? It's okay if I gossip. Yeah, but what does the Bible say? We can make up excuse after excuse after excuse. After excuse, God, God gets tired of our excuses. And he'll wrestle with us 
So you're better than that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get up. We're in a race. Get up. Sometimes we get hard-headed and we're wrong. Say wrong. Touch three people and say, sometimes you're just wrong. That's good stuff, especially if you had a fight today. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we're wrong. And sometimes we need to admit we're wrong. Sometimes the way we live and the things we do and the excuses that we make are wrong, and we need to admit that we're wrong. Sometimes the best way you can get close to God is say, God, I was wrong about that. How many are so thankful that they see life a new way today? They're so grateful for who they are today, but you saw nothing wrong with your life before Christ. I saw nothing wrong with my life before Christ. I had it going on. I had friends. I had money. I had a big home. I had a great family. I had it all except Jesus. And when I gave my life to Jesus, he took it all, <laughs> every bit of it. And I wrestled back and forth, back and forth. Lord, let me just keep this right here. No, I want it to. God wants all of you tonight. Not just you on Sunday or you while you're in the program. You while you're dating somebody you like. God wants all of you. And watch this, JB. He'll wrestle with you until you give him your all. Every bit of it. God wants it all. God does not want you to shortchange him in any area of your life. And if you do, and we do sometimes because none of us are perfect, but that's still no excuse to get right with God. Ha! Huh, that's good stuff. That's still no excuse to get right with God. Well, God knows me. Yeah, and that's why he's wrestling with you. God knows you, and that's why you've had financial trouble all this time. That's why he's wrestling with you. God knows you, and that's why you had trouble with this addiction all your life because God knows you. Now is the time to come clean and say, God, I want all in this time. My life, my wife, my children, my everything. When was the last time you said, God, just have me? It's hard to trust. <laughs> Can I say this as a preacher and get by until next Sunday? You might fire me if I say this. But it's hard to trust Jesus all the time. It is. <laughs> all you righteous people, come with me. It is hard to trust Jesus all the time. Bad doctor's report. Lose a job. Lose a child. Get a divorce. Lights get shut out. Can't pay your bills. It's hard to trust Jesus all the time. But he wants us to trust him all the time. How many hear me tonight? He wants us to trust him all the time. Who trusts him all the time tonight? Now, now I want to do this little exercise, and let's just see. Let me get the littlest guy in the church. Mike Wise, where you at? Mike, are you here? Come here, man. Come on here. Come on. You got trust issues anyway. Come on. <laughs> Hurry up, man. Hurry up. Come on, cowboy. 
I wish you'd run a little bit, brother, like you've got some pep in your step. You're not running for the Lord? You're just going to walk? Oh, this is you're really going to pay for this one then. It'll be really good. Yeah. Amen. Take your jacket off, cowboy. Take your glasses off. I don't want to break them either. Put on your shirt. Can you trust God? You sure? Hold your hands out like this. Turn around. Turn around all the way around. No, 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 no. No, no. Do you trust God? Do you really trust God? A lot of people say they do, but they really don't. So fall back and let God catch you. All right. Praise God. Amen. Now hold your arms out. Turn around. Around. Now fall back and let God catch you. No, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's the way we are with our faith. That's just a little exercise, but really that's the way we are with our faith. As long as we can see, turn around, turn around. As long as you know he's there, open your hands, open your hands. As long as it's all good and you got cars to work on and Mary's happy with you and everybody thinks you're the greatest sound guy in the world, it's trust God time. Trust God. Come on. Trust God. All right. Praise God. Now turn around, put your arms out. But what about when there's no work? I'm just being honest. What about when you and Mary are at outs? What about when you don't know how you're going to pay your lights next month and you're not getting along with your brother or sister at church and you say, man, I'd rather quit. I'd rather be done. That's the moment we need to know that God is behind us and God is in front of us and beside us. And he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. It's trusting him like that. I would like to see Mike go ahead and fall, but I don't want to hurt himself. Y'all give Mike a big round of applause. Thank you for helping me, brother. I want to be done. I want to be done. Does that not make sense? Somebody say amen. Does that make sense? That's the way it is. As long as we can feel God, as long as we can see God, as long as things are good, I'm going to trust you, God. There was a time where I up and moved my family away from this church, all the way to Hardin, all the way to Liberty, Texas. I up and moved my family to, away from this church because the, the devil was attacking me in every area of my life. So I moved my family away. I was running. I was getting out of here. And I got all the way over there. And I was living in this house. And I was questioning God to my purpose and my plans for me. And I was making up excuses. And I was looking for another opportunity. And I was ready to even create my own opportunity. When God said, you may not can see me, but I'm still here working it out on your behalf. You may not can see me, but I'm still working it out on your behalf. Man is a hunter by nature. God commands commandment to man as we're, created, as we're being created to be fruitful, to multiply to replenish the earth, to 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 every every living thing, just to to, to be out there and, and 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 conquer, conquer, conquer. 
Well, I know that God wants us to conquer all that our heart desires. That's why he said, keep, I read it to you. He said this. He said, keep on asking. So God wants us to conquer our dreams, our goals, our ambitions. But it's a need for him in every area of our life. Somebody grab that tonight. If I'm out looking for a house, I'm including God in my plans. If I'm out looking for a business adventure, I'm including God in my plans. If I'm out looking for a shirt sometimes, I'm trying to include God in my plans. He needs to be in your life tonight. He wants to be in your life. You were created to be in his life. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And he promised that if you seek him, you'll find him. He's been so faithful to me. I don't want it to stop. I don't want his faithfulness to stop to any of us tonight. How many hear me tonight? Has he been faithful to you? And you don't want it to stop. Get all in with him tonight. Get all in with him tonight. Get all in with him tonight. I'm going to finish with this story. Something simple as a horse God cares about. If you have a desire and you need a horse, God will supply that need. I lost my good horse out here roping bulls, and we used to have 100 acres leased over here in Tarkington, Texas, and I kept all of our bucking bulls over there in Tarkington, and I took my good horse over there one day, and he stepped in a hose. We were roping bulls, and I donated a $5,000 horse to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. I never asked for one cent back. I never complained. I just said, all right, God, it's your will. I have to put him down. And I had to put him down out there in that pasture. I didn't have a horse. And I didn't have any money. But I asked God and I seek God. And I prayed to God. How many know if you ask, seek, and pray? That he will answer. So I'm asking, I'm seeking, I'm praying, I'm looking. I got no money, I got nothing but a prayer. Sometimes that's all you need is a prayer. One night we were having a roping out here. I'd been two or three, four, five weeks without a horse, and we were having a roping out here. And another pastor and his wife, Will Fountain, Will Fountain, a, 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 a great pastor, great man of God, a great man of faith, a Pentecostal pastor, and him and his wife, they were out here, and he said, why ain't you roping? I said, man, I ain't got a horse. I said, my horse stepped in a hole, and I'm, I'm looking, but I really don't have any money to get a horse. And the roping was over, and and I was thanking them for coming. And before they left, they came and found me, him and his beautiful wife. And they said, Pastor, do you care if we pray for you that God would bring you the right horse? I said, if you want to, I would love for you to pray that God would bring me the right horse. Now, to you and me, it may sound a little ridiculous. Somebody wants to pray for you like that, especially when we're young Christians or we're starting out. That God cares about a man and a horse. 
But God knew the desires of my heart. I didn't want just a horse. I wanted a horse that I could compete on. I wanted a horse that I could stand out there in the arena and be with my brothers and my sisters and, and, and be able to, to, to compete and witness with them and tell them how good God was. And, and so Will knew that him and his wife could not leave out of here within, without praying for me a horse. So I said, okay, pray for me then, brother. And they put their hands on me, and she put her hand on my head, and he put his hand on my back, and they began to pray, God, please bring my brother the right horse, the horse that can beat all other horses, Lord. Lord, bring him something big. Bring him something strong. Bring him something beautiful. Bring him something that he can win with, Lord. Lord, let it be your horse. Let it be something that he knows it was you. And, I mean, this prayer went on for minutes. I thought, man, that horse is going to show up as good as them cowboys praying. <laughs> and about two weeks later, it was time to swap out our cows. We were releasing our cows from a Christian man named James Allen. James has preached right here behind this pulpit. Nine-time NFR champion cowboy James Allen. His son is Guy Allen who holds more world titles than any other cowboy in the NFR history. 18 world titles. That's who we were releasing our cows from. I called James said, James, I need to swap these cows out. They're getting slow. He said, bring them back. I said, okay, I'm on my way. I said, by chance, you don't know anybody that's got a horse for sale, do you? He said, matter of fact, my son's got some practice horses we were thinking about getting rid of. He said, I'll have them here for you to look at when you get here. I said, okay, brother. And he said, I think you want 7500 for one and 6500 for another. I thought, man, I can't look at them because <laughs> I ain't got no money. I ain't got nothing. We went down there, me and Justin. Joe, did you go with us that day? Joe was with us. Joe was with us that day. We went down there. We looked at them horses. We turned in our cattle. And, man, Justin, I said, you go try them. I knew it was out of our range. But I let Justin rope anyway. I let Justin go ahead and try. Justin got on. The, he had two horses. We were in need of two horses. And I'll never forget it. Justin got on one horse named Cisco. And he said, Daddy, this horse fits me good. I said, you look good on it. I didn't want to tell him we couldn't have him. Next horse was Gus. He said, uh, Daddy, I'm going to rope on this big horse. He's just big. I said, he's beautiful. Justin went out there and he roped four or five times for me. He come back and said, Daddy, this is the horse you need. He runs right to the hip just like you like him. He's fast. He's strong. He's big. It's just like you like him. Mr. Allen said, if you like them both, I'll make you a deal on both of them. I said, I like them both. But, Mr. Allen, I, 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 I can't afford that. He said, well, why can't you afford that? I said, brother, I'd have to pay them out. I'd have to pay you out. I don't have that kind of money. I, I lost my horse, and I don't have any money. I have no insurance on him or nothing. He said, well, what can you pay me? I told him what I could pay him. He said, load them up in the trailer and just send me some money when you can. My God shall supply all of my needs and all of your needs if you ask, if you pray, if you seek, 
Gus is still standing out there in the pastor. He's kind of in retirement mode. So I get in shape. But I'm coming, Gus. I'm coming, Gus. This cleansing's helping me, Lord. I'm coming. <laughs> Can I say this to you? And I'm going to leave you alone. I told you I wasn't going to preach long, but man, we've gone. He's standing out there, Brother Joe. And I believe that God, with all my heart, gave him to me. I've seen God do so much in so many of your lives. We got to trust him. Even when we don't see him. We got to fall into him for everything. Even as simple as getting a horse. Getting on with your life. Finding the right job. Getting involved in a ministry. You know why sometimes the ministry that you're on always seems like it's agitated and and aggravating is because you're on the wrong ministry. You didn't pray about it. You just jumped in it. God will put you in the right spot at the right time. I pray y'all got something out of this because I sure did. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this night. Lord, we thank you so much, Father, that you wrestle with us to get us to our spots, Lord. Lord, I know that if we keep on asking, we keep on seeking, that one day we'll have a church that seats 700. I know that we'll come on, somebody. See it with me. We'll have a church that seats 700. We'll do three services, Lord. Lord, I know if we keep on seeking, we're going to get those motorcyclists that we, we pray for every week. We're going to have bikes lined up all the way to the gate, Lord. Lord, if we keep on asking, keep on seeking, Lord, we're going to bring families, moms and dads together in this church. There will be couples coming out of this church that will be equipped to go out and just bring other couples into this world. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. For all the ministries of Caney Creek Cowboy Church and all the ones that help us week after week, Father, that they would just know that you're always there. In the good times and in the bad times. When I married Jason and Amanda this week, I said, for better or worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and health, till death do us part. I think it's the same way. You got to stay with God all the time. Not just when it's the pretty old, beautiful flowers blooming and grass is green, but when it's faded and there's nothing there but Him, you got to trust Him. Let this message bless all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen.